ANZ announces a lower profit as the fallout from the interest rate decision on Tuesday hits homeowners and retirees. The would-be treasurers square off in a debate on the economy and a swathe of companies report that consumer spending is on the up. It's Thursday, the 5th of May, 2022. Welcome to Fear and Greed, Australia's most popular business podcast. I'm Michael Thompson and good morning, Sean Aylmer. Good morning, Michael. Now, have you checked yet whether or not your lender has upped the interest rate on your home loan? Uh, Sean, they certainly have. They were, in fact, the first to go, so I didn't have to wait very long at all. Mm. Now, well, I'm actually with the same bank, if that's the case, and it's, it's always a bit off-putting when you know you look at the TV and they're starting to talk about your bank lifting rates first. You think, oh, surely it can be second or third. Everyone's doing it. Everyone is lifting rates by 25 basis points. It's kind of a bit shocking, really, because it's been so long since we've had to pay more on our home loan repayments. And okay, most of us can afford it and it won't affect us too much. But just the fact that they're asking for more money, I'm a bit put out. Yeah, well, and as we discussed yesterday, this is the first time I have ever experienced an interest rate rise as a homeowner. So this is a yeah, it's a it's a new feeling for me. Yeah, no, it's incredible. Anyway, more on that a bit later on. Indeed, and you know what will lift your spirits though today, Sean? What's that? It is Thursday today, and that means there is a new episode of Safe Word by Fear and Greed out in the world, ready to be downloaded. My spirits are lifted. Although I must say Safe Word, which purports to be a business podcast by yourself and myself and our colleague Adam Lang, often doesn't have a lot of business in it. And often it's kind of by name and nature, Safe Word is exactly what we need sometimes in that show. Absolutely. And it actually got a bit of a workout in this episode. So you can find that by searching for Safe Word by Fear and Greed. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe on it. There is a new episode out every Thursday. So make sure you do that after this episode, of course. In fact, not just after this episode, but after you've also listened to today's interview as well, because today you're speaking to Tristan Sternson. He's from the digital services company Arc Group. Yes, I got a bit of a 101 in this interview. I'll tell you a bit more about it later. All right. Now, the main story this morning, Sean, ANZ, the country's fifth largest bank, announced a $3.1 billion half-year profit. Just saying that figure on its own, $3.1 billion sounds pretty good. But how does that stand in the world of banking? Well, you're right. I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, but it was actually a 3% drop in cash profit for the six months to the end of March and very much underwhelmed many professional investors. The big question mark over ANZ is how it goes in the normally profitable home lending business. It's lagged Commonwealth Bank, National Australia Bank and Westpac. And yesterday, boss Shane Elliott said it was likely to underperform until later this year. Well, the half-year profit announcement initially sent its shares sharply higher. By the end of the day, it was about in line with the other major banks. And as you alluded to, Michael, Macquarie Group is now bigger than ANZ, meaning ANZ comes in at number five among the banks. It goes Commonwealth Bank, National Australia Bank, Westpac, Macquarie, ANZ. There you go. There you go. Uh, Sean, what did the CEO say about interest rates? He agreed that some mortgage holders will feel the pain, but most homeowners and businesses are well prepared for higher rates, in part because of large pools of savings that they've built up over the last couple of years. Of course, the Reserve Bank lifted the cash rate on Tuesday by 25 basis points, and Michael, within about 18 hours, the four major banks had lifted their standard variable rates by the same amount. Sean, ANZ has often been criticised around costs, essentially just not having enough control over them. How did the bank go on that front? 
Well, ANZ dropped its long-stated $8 billion target for cost-cutting, blaming inflationary pressures in the operating environment. Profit margins are being squeezed, but that pressure should be alleviated somewhat as interest rates rise. That's the case for all the banks. The bank did up its provisions for bad loans. It's got about $3.8 billion set aside for a rainy day, just in case it needs it. ANZ's retail and commercial banking businesses did pretty well, though its institutional business not so much. National Australia Bank and Westpac are also due to report over the next week or so. So this time in a week, we'll have a pretty good view about how some of the biggest companies in the country are performing. All right. So what happened on financial markets yesterday? S&P ASX 200 finished the day down slightly to 7,305 points. Energy, financials and industrials did best while real estate stocks were sold off. Now, among the large caps, National Australia Bank led the banks, rising 1.3%. The big miners were off, though, with Fortescue down 2.4%. Property giant Goodman Group was 2.3% lower. Diversified miner South 32 was off nearly 3%. The energy companies did pretty well. Santos and Woodside both outperformed while Sonic Healthcare was up more than 1%. And Sean, interest rates, it seems, are on the rise in the United States. Yes, the US Fed lifted rates again overnight as it tries to rein in inflation, which is running at a 40-year high. There's a lot riding on the Fed's moves, both there and internationally, including Australia. Really, it's about whether or not the Fed can cull price rises without hurting economic growth too much. Certainly, global financial markets are pricing in several more rate rises in the US this year. All right, big start. We'll be back in a moment with the rest of the day's business news. Sean, now that the Reserve Bank has opened the way to more interest rate rises, I think the question most of us are asking is, how many more rate rises? A bunch. Does that answer it? (laughs) Not really. (laughs) Look, all the major bank economists expect the cash rate will be above 1% by November and probably about 1.5% by the end of the year. Now, if each 25 basis point increase pushes payments on a half million dollar loan up by about $65, that means that by the end of the year, people with a $500,000 loan could be paying about $360 more a month. On a million-dollar loan, that's about $700 more a month by the end of the year. Bond markets, which have a pretty good track record of picking interest rate rises and falls, reckon there'll be even more hikes this year, so more than that 1.5%. Certainly, overseas rates are rising with the Fed leading the way. We just mentioned that alongside New Zealand, Canada, and the United Kingdom. The environment is ripe for lots of rate rises, Michael. Yeah, but it's not all bad news though, is it, Sean? Because plenty of risk-averse investors like, say, pensioners will be pretty happy. Absolutely. Some of the banks have already lifted term deposit rates. Others are a bit slower. Yesterday, Prime Minister Scott Morrison called on the banks to give self-funded retirees a fair go by lifting rates. Now, bond yields are up as well, providing an almost risk-free alternative for investors. And of course, the reason rates are rising is because the economy is doing well. So there is good news amidst all this interest rate talk. Sean, just staying in the world of dismal scientists for a second, there were some pretty good economic figures out yesterday. Yes, retail sales in March jumped by much higher than expected 1.6%, according to the Bureau of Statistics, and are nearly 10% higher than a year ago, and well above the pre-COVID trend. Sales may have peaked, though, because people will probably 
buy fewer goods in the future. They're more likely to buy services and cost of living pressures are certainly kicking in. Housing finance data for March was also released. It was also stronger than market expectations and is up about 11% over the past year. Where finance is really booming is in the investment loan market. So while the owner-occupied market has come off a bit, lending for investment homes is flying at the moment. Oh, really? Okay. Looking at the election campaign, Sean, what were the pollies up to yesterday? Well, the Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, and Shadow Treasurer, Jim Chalmers, took centre stage for an economic debate. It was sparky, but not really overly controversial. In fact, at the end of it, Frydenberg said he and Chalmers actually got along much better away from the public eye, which I reckon, Michael, is a bit of a characteristic of politicians. Many of them actually quite like each other. Not quite sure about ScoMo and Albo. I don't think they'd be calling each other their nicknames. But yeah, it's interesting that many of them do like each other. It's just the politics they don't like. Anyway, the two would-be treasurers went for it. Frydenberg said Labor was acting as if the last two years hadn't happened. Chalmers said the government didn't care about what its decision meant for ordinary working people. Frydenberg said Labor would tax people more, and Chalmers said that was a furphy. Both agree that Medicare, aged care, and the NDIS will get more expensive. Both want to cut energy costs, though in different ways, etc., etc., etc. Otherwise, opposition leader Anthony Albanese promised an additional 465,000 fee-free TAFE spots, while Prime Minister Scott Morrison pushed the coalition's economic credentials. Sean, the inquiry into whether the Star Group is fit to hold a licence in New South Wales is essentially the gift that just keeps on giving, because every day there is another great story, and it didn't disappoint yesterday. That's right. A journalist friend, this one. So, a senior star manager allegedly misappropriated funds from the casino group, including one $13.3 million payment from Junket Sun City. Now, this is according to the Financial Review report of the inquiry. That manager told the Junket group to transfer the money to his personal account, which it did. He then disappeared in 2020. Former star CEO Matt Beckier, who was at the inquiry yesterday, was unable to say what the result of Star's investigation into the matter was, saying he thought he had disappeared sometime before his employment was officially terminated in July 2020. Mr Beckier said he was not sure whether Star's board was informed of the alleged misconduct by the gentleman, Simon Kim, who was Macau-based, and he was not aware whether the New South Wales gambling regulator knew of it either. Sean, we've had weeks and weeks of of allegations and revelations coming out of this inquiry, but just yesterday's alone, that sounds like a movie. Yeah. 13.3 million. I'll put it in my personal account. No one told the regulator, no one told the board. And he disappeared. Extraordinary. And he disappeared at some point before his employment was officially terminated. They believe. I reckon that is probably the most extraordinary allegation I think I've heard coming out of this so far, but it's not over yet. So Ocean's 15. Indeed, indeed. Now, Sean, Qantas is going to the High Court in an effort to overturn a ruling that the outsourcing of more than 1,600 ground handling jobs was illegal. Yes, this has been going on for a couple of years. According to The Australian, the full bench of the federal court dismissed an appeal brought by Qantas over an early decision. In late 2020, Qantas outsourced 1,600 jobs in baggage handling, cleaning and ground crews at 10 airports. Qantas said it was done to find cost savings due to the pandemic. The Transport Workers Union argued successfully that Qantas had used the pandemic to enact a long-term plan to get rid of a heavily unionised workforce. Anyway, it's now going to the High Court. 
Uh, there's a bunch of company updates happening at the moment as well. Sean, JB Hi-Fi, which is one of our, our favorite kind of companies to talk about just because it's such an interesting and effective retailer, said that it had experienced strong sales growth in the March quarter. Yes, its Australian business was up 12% for the three months. Boss Terry Smart had a really interesting take on rising interest rates and what it meant for his business. He said, because mobile phones and computers are now so integral to modern life, they're no longer consumed discretionary. They're not something that you just buy when you've got extra money. They're things that you must have. So JB Hi-Fi is more like a consumer staple stock rather than a consumer discretionary stock. Not everyone will buy it, but he has a point, I think. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Now, Flight Centre said the recovery in the travel market is well underway. Good news. Yeah, the removal or easing of travel restrictions around the world has helped the group. After a very tough couple of years, Flight Centre said it returned to profit last quarter with transaction volumes nearly triple what they were 12 months ago. And Nine Entertainment and Seven West Media have both upgraded their earnings outlook. Yep, the TV ad market is strong. In Nine's case, the group is also gaining share in the radio market. It expects pre-tax earnings this financial year to be up more than 20%. Seven West upped its profit guidance by 5% on the back of its broadcast and digital businesses. All these stocks, Michael, JB Hi-Fi, Flight Centre, the media groups are cyclical. They do better when the economy is on the rise. And that's exactly what's happening, which of course is why we're getting higher interest rates. Okay, moving on to overseas news now. And in Ukraine, Moscow is installing occupation governments in territories it's conquered. Yes, and given the war has been going for 10 weeks, there's not as many territories as Moscow would have liked. The Kremlin is ordering people to use rubles and organising referendums to open the way for full annexations of some regions, according to Bloomberg. Meanwhile, multiple Russian missile attacks have targeted railway infrastructure across Ukraine, causing havoc on the rail network. Airbnb, Sean, is a company that we we haven't really talked a huge amount about, but interesting story today. They've upgraded the revenue forecast for the company, saying there's plenty of demand now for the Northern Hemisphere summer season. Yes, I love this story. Did you know, Mike, in the past week, our household has booked three Airbnbs in North America to stay in before the end of 2022. This is a story close to my heart. Really? Three? Yeah. You haven't even booked your leave yet, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say I was going this household to this household. Anyway, (laughs) international bookings for Airbnb in the US are now at pre-COVID levels. In fact, they're in front of pre-COVID levels, while domestic travel is also much stronger. It follows upbeat forecasts from Expedia and Bookings Holdings, that's bookings.com. This northern summer could actually be the busiest ever for North America. That is quite the rebound. That that certainly is. Now, Sean, we mentioned yesterday the leaked draft ruling from the US Supreme Court, which would ban abortion. The court has now confirmed that it's not a fake, and that has, as you might expect, triggered an incredible outcry inside and outside as well, the US. Yes, it sure has. President Joe Biden entered the debate saying overturning the Roe v. Wade Supreme Court decision of 50 years ago that legalises abortion would be a radical move that could threaten same-sex marriage and the entire notion of privacy in American life. Broadly, Democrat politicians have lined up to criticise the draft. Republican politicians, very wary of their conservative base, have tended to criticise the leaking of the draft rather than the draft itself. If it becomes law, 
It means states would have the power to set their own rules and regulations. And there are certain conservative states, five or six of them, which would pretty much immediately ban abortion. Okay. All right. Now, Sean, your interview today, you mentioned this at the top of the show. You're speaking with Tristan Sternson, who is the CEO of digital services company Arc Group. Yes. Tristan has a very interesting story himself. He's, he's a bit of an entrepreneur and he's bought companies, built companies up and sold them. And this is along that genre. He's a coder himself. And so we talk about all sorts of things about, you know, getting a company ready for sale, what it's like, being in a technology company, when you know the nuts and bolts of it, you know how to code. It's just a bit of a different take from what we normally do and a really interesting chat. Yeah, I I agree. I thought it was a fascinating one. It's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Michael. It's Thursday, the 5th of May, 2022. Make sure you're following the podcast. Join us online on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget that new episode of Safe Word by Fear and Greed is out today. So search for that one as well on your podcast platform. I'm Michael Thompson, and that was Fear and Greed. Have a great day.